Yes, people, it is time to raise the fuck up. Cause it's Wednesday, means echoes from the goddamn void, people. <laughs> God damn, when this track came out, whoo, oh my gosh, every single club went crazy, it, it was heat, trust me people, Tr- Petey Pablo was killing it, killing it, ah, this shit brings me back son, We had fun people, we had fun back then, for real, trust me Hey, you know what, like, we were talking about wingsuit Yeah, sharp pivot (laughs) We were talking about wingsuits last week But, I have to tell you, those things are dangerous, right? And um, a French stuntman, right? Vincent Raffet, right? He died, you know, testing one of those things, right? That's how dangerous those things were. Literally, BMW launched one last week, and then this week, some poor French dude dies. It's it's some, like, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. But... But here's the here's the rub, right? These stunt people, they live for this shit. You know what I mean? So I have to say, uh, uh, at least they're dying doing something fun. At least, hearing. You know I mean? Because imagine dying behind your desk writing. Out some boring ass fucking invoice or something. That would suck, right? That that ain't the way. You know what I mean? I ain't wanting to go out like that. You know what I mean? Although I have to say, right? You know what I mean? Sometimes you think about, alright, how would be the best way to kill yourself, right? I, I go for a walk at night. I realize all I have to do is fucking walk at night. It's so I can't. I really, I can't fucking see. Like I think you delude yourself for so long. I cannot see in the fucking dark. It is insane. The amount of times I'm nearly walking into fucking lampposts and shit. Man, it, it, it's some crazy shit. I mean, it's like ah. I don't know what to do. I ain't walking around with a torch, though. That would just be a little insane. You feel me? Okay, so, um, there was a lot of, uh, boxing last week, right? And, um, you know, the ladies were on display. You know what I mean? They definitely, hey, got to, um, do their thing. You know, Katie Taylor, again, she, uh, kicked ass. But there was another female champion, you know, Terry Harper. So she retained her belt, right? But in doing it, you know, she broke her hand in the fourth round, right? But then knocked out her opponent in the ninth. Doesn't say which hand she knocked her opponent out with. As if she knocked the opponent out with a broken hand, that would be some gully ass shit. Right, but it doesn't say right, so mm, who knows? Who knows? 
But here's the thing, right? So, now, remember, she lives in the UK. So she posts a picture of an invoice going, oh, you know, this will teach me not to have insurance. And, like, it's going to cost her four grand to get her, supposedly four grand to get her hand fixed, right? And, um... He's like, oh, hope no one's expecting Christmas presents off me this year. And like, firstly, right, it's kind of like, all right, how, like, what the fuck? Why have you not got insurance? I insurance isn't that crazy. There is so even if you got a basic kind of insurance, you could get that, like. I got insurance, you know, what I mean? and I am not making a whole lot of. Money. Actually, I ain't making shit at the moment. You know what I'm saying? But it's like the fact that she hasn't got insurance. That's straight up on her. Like, stop with the bullshit. You know what I mean? Stop with the bullshit because right. So, Heather Hardy. Had come out saying that you know women's boxing isn't paid as well as males boxing, like which is a thing. Look, we under we know that, but there are specific reasons for some of it, not all of it, but for some of it. But not having insurance, no, 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 no. That is straight up on you. Like maybe you're being tight. But that's that's nothing to do with the sport. Nothing to do with the sport. That's your shabbiness. Now, the other flip side of that, right? So, I think she's, I think she's managed by Eddie Hearn, because Eddie Hearn he came out and he paid for her um, hand surgery, right? And I think he's her manager. But I'm kind of like the manager should kind of, I feel, be on top of that shit as well. Like, okay, I'm booking all these fighters. You've got insurance, right? You know what I mean? I would have thought that would be a question they're asking. And the fact that he paid for a hand, I mean, let's be honest, that isn't anything to him. Four grand. That's nothing. It's nothing, and it makes sense because she's one of his fighters, right? So her having a, you know, a working hand, it only benefits him in the long run because it means she then gets to fight more. You know, she's popular. She's a world champion. It makes sense. It makes sense to look after your peoples. You know, but yeah, it, it's this weird thing. It seems like not having insurance, not having it, it, it's it's crazy. But then the whole talk about women's pay in boxing, it is like one of those things because right, you can't get you you kind of can't get the same. Because not as many people are interested. Really? Now, part of that 
is down to promoters Part of that as well is the skill Because I think we've seen it in women's MMA You know, because like you've had You've got the real high level people But then you kind of watch some of the amateur or lower levels And you just see the girls kind of winging at each other Now, it's not to say men don't do that as well Because yeah when you get to a certain level, you see some male fights and they're doing exactly the same. But it's more with the women. So, uh, but over the years, it has got better. Right? And it, it's just one of those things that you, you know, it needs to get to that level where every single fight is just good. Every fight is good. No doubt, it's all good But I think that You know, you run into stumbling blocks You know what I mean? You definitely run into stumbling blocks Like the gyms You know, the trainers Just things like that Being able to find people To do the training Of a high level Like, I knew this girl Who was a boxing coach yeah, okay. when I saw her coaching, it, it was no good Like her coaching was shit <laughs> I mean, The stances, like that she's got the girls in, they're not good Like this girl didn't box herself So it's like, how the fuck are you a boxing, you never boxed What the, and there's too much of that Of people claiming to be boxing coaches when they can't box, they can't throw punches, they don't know the stance, you know what I mean? And I think it's going to take a little while to get rid of all of that shit, which will then mean the interest is high enough, right? But, as I said, look, promoters can help out. Promoters can help out But then girls as well it, It's your choice Like she I think Ever Hardy mentioned a time I think it was like Oh I was a world champion And I only made a certain amount of money And the person who um, was fighting after me You know Wasn't even a You know A ranked male fighter But he made four times as much And I'm just like If you're getting offered a shitty amount to box, you don't take it. Like, don't take you, you know what I mean? You have to negotiate your worth as well. You know, so it, it, it's partly the level of the sport, partly the promoter, partly the girls, and they're shitty negotiating. No, it, it's straight up like that. If you can't negotiate and you know you can't. You get someone else to do it Get someone else to do it You know, Lauren Murphy Just hired management But she was just like I just, I was out of my level I was out of my depth When it came to negotiating So I had to get a manager It's like that, man You know, but I think Too many people want to complain And go, oh Yeah, we should be making No, 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 no like the, the the skill has to be of a certain level, 
right? You can't be making the same, like, I'm not going to ask, you know, for um, the same pay, like, if a girl has way more experience than me, right, way more experience than me, I'm not going to think, oh, I should be making the same amount, no, because that's insane, it's insane, so you have to be realistic about this shit, people, but anyway, anyway, let us get into um, some shit, because, yeah, there is shit to talk about, Woo! and um, yeah, some crazy ass shit, you know what I mean, politics, people, shady as a motherfucker, and just check this shit out, right? I think everyone knows that the House of Lords is a, hmm, what to say, a piece of shit, right, an organisation, an institution that hides behind so much bureaucracy, you know what I mean, the lies and shit that come out of there, like, you know, all the sexual harassment, which everyone, everyone knows about, right, you know what I mean, I've worked at one spot where, you know, it was a known thing, and all the women would be like, oh yeah, you do not, you know what I mean, you do not go to certain places in that spot on your own, or at a certain time, because, yeah, you're gonna get groped and proposit, like, but they'll be, oh, we didn't know anything about, well, when everyone else knows, yeah, you know, like, you've heard it, but yeah, they just hide, make excuses and reasons not to do anything, and this really comes home, um, with, uh, yeah, the whole Kamala Harris situation, you know what I mean, so, Basically, right, um, Lord Kill Clooney, you know, he put out a tweet um, a little while back and it said, what happens if Biden moves on and, I mean, Biden moves on, in other words, Biden, like, was, what do you mean by that, like, Biden dies, like, he moves on, be like, ah, you know what? I'm tired of this, I'm gonna go, yeah, just like, what are you saying, you fool, but he's like, what happens if Biden moves on, and the Indian becomes president, who then becomes vice president, right, and, um, yeah, obviously, people complained, because, yeah, no, it's, um, there's definitely issues with that, Wait, is if you know Biden's name, you know Harris's name. You you know what I'm saying? You know Harris's name. It, it's weird <laughs> not to say it. Like if you might not like her, right? I feel that yeah, there is definitely issues with her, but. You say the name, you know what I mean, to not say the name, it's, it's weird, and, you know what I mean, to then, 
they, if you were referring, you could go, oh, and the policewoman, right, could say that, but to use a, a racial, you know, definition, like, to be like, oh, and the black lady, or the Indian lady, it's weird to kind of pick either one, like, to be like, oh, she's that, or she's, you know what I mean? It's weird, but to do that, why? <laughs> like, why? You you know what I mean? It, it it draws questions, you know, um, which which is yeah, definitely concerning, right? Being someone who is meant to be above all of that, you know what I mean? Uh so yeah, he's now obviously he's denying it, right? So he he said this. Whilst Biden is proud to be Irish, Harris is rightly proud of her Indian background. I certainly withdraw my reference to her as an Indian, as it seems to have upset some people. I did not know her name, and I identified her with the term Indian. Most people understood. Racist, no. I'm like, I don't believe that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, to be like, oh, I know who Biden is, but I don't know who his vice president running partner is. It's weird. And then to be like, I'm not even going to look it up. You, you know what I'm saying? To be like, I'm not. Because he either sent the tweet out from his computer or his phone. Both have search functions. <laughs> you, don't, you know what I mean? Like, both have search functions. So, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? It is. Very, very suspicious And uh, that whole thing Oh, Biden's proud of his Irish back But he didn't say, what if the Irish Used the name And Indian background Right, which means That, yeah, she's of mixed heritage So to just go, she's Indian Is odd It's an odd thing to fucking do Right it's an odd thing to do, and at least some people in Parliament aren't all pieces of shit, and they, you know what I mean, they mentioned their concerns about the issue, right, so um, Arlene Foster, she had something to say, right, so um, yeah, she put out a, a couple of um, tweets, right, so, yeah, I feel the first one was, um, I'm in the business of making Northern Ireland a place where everyone feels at home. Identifying a person by their race is offensive. Self-awareness is a great thing. Then she said, Lord Kilclooney should know manners make a demand. We have suffered from stereotyping and insensitive words here. 
A real apology to Price Vice President-elect Harris is due. His words would have been heard around the world. It harms Northern Ireland and our work to build a better future. Although, right, I kind of just feel just kind of just, it is, it is, you know what I mean? It's just not that, right? It is, it's not just that. When you're, like, calling other people, you know, like, a racist and they should resign, because, you know, that is what they were saying to Trump. But let, let's, let's look at this. You have to be consistent. If you're saying you're racist, you should resign, then... Shouldn't we be saying the same to kill Clooney? You know what I mean? I that's, that's what I feel. But right, the um, yeah, the House of Lords. They're uh, I don't know what would you call it. Their friggin' code of conduct, code of conduct, uh, committee. It's. Yeah, this is where it gets mad suspect to me, right? Because they're saying, um, you know, because he tweeted the comment, right? Because he tweeted the comment, it can't be, they can't do anything about it. Which, you're like... Wait, what? That that's a lie. I mean, that's a straight up lie. Because, like, if a you know someone in the house, you know, they do. If they were arrested for drugs, they're done. If you know, if they kill some, they're done. Right? Even if it's not in the House of Lords, in the House of Parliament. You know what I mean? Because their actions follow them. It's like, if you, because this is the thing, right? And I know um, some of my friends, uh, you know, they're at like doctor's training school. Doctor's training school? I don't know. What do you call that shit? There is a name for it. Mm, I forget. Anyway, they're there. Now, some of some people in their class went skiing, right? Went skiing. You know, not on school time, not on the hospital time, went skiing and got super drunk, posted some, I think, messages to Facebook, a video to Facebook, and I think they mooned or something like that, right? They were all, you know what I mean, kicked off the course and sat from their jobs, right? Because their actions bring those institutions into ill repute. Same happens with the police in some respects. It's a weird thing. You you can't get sacked over some things, but you can get sacked for shit you do on social media, right? So to be like, oh, he said that on there, so we can't, you know, do anything. It's a lie. Right, because his Twitter is under his, you know, House of Lords name. So, in reflect, it's his persona, right? If he just said, you know, Bill McClinney, 
might be a slightly different thing. Because it's a, you know, he's not referencing his work or anything like that. But here he clearly is. So, yeah, it's just the motherfucking house looking after their own. As they always do. But, uh, yeah, it's not a shock. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not a shock, right? Because, yeah, they're pieces of shit, right? It's, It's a joke. They're a huge fucking joke. God damn. They should be embarrassed, but they really aren't. <laughs> they really aren't, people. Ugh. Man, I, I really feel that <sighs> the way things are moving, it is very worrying. Because, alright, so, London rapper, you know, Octavian. He he was just about to drop his debut album. You know what I mean? He's he's riding high off winning the BBC Music Sound Award last year, right? 2019. So he, he's building off the success of all of that. You know what I mean? On that cusp, just about to drop an album, and Then he gets dropped by his label. The album, that's supposedly not coming out. And this all stems from his, like, ex-girlfriend saying that he physically and um, verbally, uh, uh, you know, abused her, right? Over a three year relationship And Yeah Like now this has just Happened right this is Literally just I mean This week right This news just came out And It it's Like It makes you wonder Right because his record label Black Butter Records, um, which, not a great name, right, not a great name, because you say Black Butter, kind of feel rancid, (laughs) you know know what I mean, it might not be the name that you want, right, but, you know, that's another thing, yeah, yeah, they, they, you know, their spokesperson said, we at Black Butter have taken the decision not to continue working with Octavian and we will not be releasing his album. We do not condone domestic abuse of any kind and we have suggested Octavian seeks professional help at this time. And, like, firstly, it's a little... You mean, because you aren't releasing his album, you say... Now, I hope that means he was given the masters so he can then release it on his own. Firstly, because you're like, oh, and we then think he should get help. But it's just like, wait, you've just taken away his way of making money. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So if you really want him to make, you know, get help, you give him the album so he can then make money. To afford that help, right? But 
We don't know if this actually happened. Now, listen, it's not to say he didn't do it, but, right, no, like, you mean, in the, the moment, the, the fact that this has just come out, there hasn't been enough time to do any research, any, uh, what's the word? You know, investigations into the allegations. You know what I mean? So, how are you, like, you can't say categorically, oh, yeah, he, he definitely did it. Right? We, we, yeah, we don't want to work with him because we don't, you know, we don't condone this. Yes, you you might not condone it, but do we know he actually did it? That's the big thing here. You know, I kind of feel that really you would hold off anything until you know for certain. Because what happens if um it then comes out that this person lied? What what happens then? You, you know what I mean? Because people lie, right? This is a big thing. People lie. Right, so it's not to say that you disregard anyone coming forward with an allegation. Any sort of allegation should be looked into, you know, from abuse to harassment to anything, right? It should be given due process, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, like sack someone or take away someone's means to support themselves before you know you know what the fuck's up because you know what I mean? it's weird it's weird to make this huge kind of stand on something without knowing anything now see the thing with this as well is right if you're acting because you do know, right, you know this has been going on, then, wait, why didn't you do anything earlier? <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? It, it makes you ask questions. Because if the people at the record label had, you know, seen him beat up his, his girl, right, but hadn't done anything before... You kind of feel that they're pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Like, what is going on here? You know, it's, it's, I feel it is odd, right? Because he's denying it. So it, it, it's one of those things, right? It, it's like, who are you going with? The person you worked with or someone that you don't know, right? And what and what I mean being, if you've worked with someone, right, and you're friends with them, and supposedly you know them, you've known them for a period of time, surely, right, you would give that person, a, a, you know what I mean, a moment to be able to defend themselves, 
You you know what I mean? It, that, that's what I kind of feel should be happening. And then, look, if the investigation finds that Octavian, yeah, regularly put hands on his girlfriend, then fuck that dude. You know what I mean? Fuck that dude. Right? It's a piece of shit. But if he didn't, then... That's some damaging shit. Because, you know what I mean? Like, it's out there. And there's not gonna... It's not like all the people that have written stories about this are gonna then write another piece... Another prominent piece as well, you know, stating that, just to let you all know that, um, you know, the allegations against Octavian were um, false. And we regret, you know, we regret saying anything against him and it, that's not going to happen, right? That isn't going to happen, so... You know what I mean? I feel we need to be very fucking careful with what we put out there. You know, without evidence. So, yeah, that's all I'm saying, people. Let's get some evidence before we start, you know, casting stones, as it were. You know what I mean? Just kind of seems like the fair thing to do, you know? Alright, I don't know if it's just me, but man, there seems to be a lot of people like complaining about Twitter and Facebook, right? And saying the companies are bad, but not point, firstly, they're not pointing out the same actions from other people. Other organisations And the other thing, right No one's addressing the real concern It's, look, anything can be bad Right, you could say uh, Knives are evil Because people get stabbed by knives It's not the knife It's the users The users are the assholes, Right, so Maybe instead of just complaining about all of these organizations, we should do more to kind of change people's behaviors, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I feel Twitter, there's a things Twitter could do. I think the main thing Twitter could do would be you can't post unless you actually have a picture of yourself, you know, Make people use their own names rather than, you know, fairy goddess or car lover. You know what I mean? Bullshit handles like, no, you have to use your own fucking name. Or it's a name of the organization, product, like station, channel, show, that kind of thing. Now, you know, yes, I'm, I'm like rambling a bit, but... It's all about because, you know, Twitter have introduced, or they're introducing, either way, there's something called fleets, right, which a lot of people, they, you know, well, I see this article, right, 
from the BBC. And they're saying that um, a lot of people are complaining about it. You know, there's a lot of backlash because of fleets. Which, hmm, I don't know about that, right? But I'll get to that. But, um, you know, because they're saying because they vanish. Even though, like, there's been, you know, things on Snapchat and Instagram that vanish. That shit's been around for ages. So, if that hasn't gone, then why would this be any different? Like, if they're fine, why would this then be harmful? You know what I'm saying? It, it's just like, you, you have to... You have to be fair about it and consistent, right? You can't just say, oh, I don't like this feature on Twitter. It's bad. But the same essential feature on something else is, yeah, that's fine. No, 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 no. It's bad across the board or we allow it across the board. And end of the day, it's about people's behavior. You know, and you can't ban something because you go, oh, it could, it could lead to this. No, 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 no. Many things could lead to something. You know, cars could lead to hit and runs. <laughs> but they don't, <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, some people do hit and runs, it's not across the board, you know what I mean, so you couldn't say cars lead to hit and runs, you know, I think mean, in any form of interactions, you're going to get harassment, right, you're gonna get arguments, this is just how it is, this is, like, you can't eliminate it from just you know, civilization, like, the only way would be just some crazy-ass shit, like a dictatorship, or, like, you know, those chips in people's heads, like in Black Mirror and shit like that, but you're not cutting it out, now, you can mitigate it, right, through education systems, encouraging people to be better, Nicer to each other, but you know what I mean. To go, oh, this could lead to that, so we shouldn't have it. Meh. Come on now, let's let's be serious, people. Let's be serious. And if you're writing an article about this huge backlash, right? And one of your your main <laughs> your main piece of art evidence is a tweet from fucking Alexandra Ocoza Cortez, you know, AOC otherwise known as, who's a bit of a moron. You know, like puts out some crazy ass shit that that's not checked. It, but calls for other people's shit to be checked eh, Like there's an issue with it And really The thing that she wrote right? She, she put out a tweet It says 
Does the fleet thing stress anyone else out? Like, I use Twitter to get away from IG stories, not have it follow me around on every platform reminding me that I don't have makeup on. And it's just like, what? Like, that shit makes no, no sense. Like, that in itself isn't a, this is bad, you should get away. That's not bad. Backlash on something That's someone being a little bit neurotic I mean, if anything Right? Because I swear there's the same kind of feature on Facebook And yeah, all manner of sites Right? And it's just Oh, it stresses me out because I don't have makeup What is that? Like, it's a stupid ass thing to say Now, you can say it There's no issue there But that's that statement isn't a you know what I mean declaration of disgust <laughs> so you know like this whole piece about oh there's a huge backlash and that that is your biggest bit of evidence i don't know if there's backlash you know what I mean? a few people going I don't like this isn't really a backlash. It's just, you know, it, it it's basically it's a comparison of rain and a storm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So ugh, who gives a fuck? Right? If you don't like the feature, don't use it. It's as simple as that, people. And I, I'm sure with most things, you can set up ways to block. You know what I mean? Block it. So you don't receive it. Well, just don't open them. If someone's sent, you don't have to open them. You, you know what I mean? It's a non-issue. What are we doing? Ugh. But like the name, I kind of feel this is just going to be a fleeting thing until the next one. Right? So let's let's give it a few days. Then it's just going to disappear oh just like a fleet <laughs> all right so i don't know if um yeah i don't really know if this is going to be of any help whatsoever but supposedly um well actually not supposedly they did <laughs> i don't even know why i did that word but conservationists in uh, kenya right they've put a gps tracker on a giraffe now you're thinking but why well the giraffe um it's it's got uh, lucism Right, which they say is a loss of skin pigmentation. Um, yeah, I don't know why they called it that because I feel there's other names, right, that are already around. I don't know, but that's what they called it, right? So the giraffe is white, and um, yeah, so you know, there's all this press around them doing this. Which I kind of feel could be the wrong thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're bringing attention to where the fucking giraffe is. 
You know, like, we want to save this endangered species, this one of a kind. Um, you have now put a big ass target on this motherfucking giraffe. Like, what are you doing? It seems uh, counterproductive, really. Now, supposedly, right, um, the giraffe's wife and kid were killed in March by poachers. Although they say that the, you know, the corpses were found. So I don't know why they were killed then. You know, because if you're poaching, you're taking, yeah, like you want the food, right? You want it for food or, or something, right? But to leave it seems, I don't know, odd. But I kind of feel like the biggest issue for this giraffe might not be poachers, but it's definitely going to be predators, right? Because, um, all right, so this is something that I found. There's, like, there's always that thing, like, why do giraffes, zebras, like, what's with the patterns, right? Well, this is the fun thing. It's to disrupt the vision and focus of its predators. Yeah, I find that fascinating. So, what is what they found was that you know, a, 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 like a lion or something like that. When these things are moving in groups, it's hard to focus on like individuals. Because of the patterns, it for some reason it fucks up, like the um, I don't know something in the retina to to focus and process that information, which is like the reason behind um, she I want to say ghillie suits, right? You know the army wear and combatants and things like that i feel it's ghillie suit i might be wrong i mean let's be face it i'm hardly ever wrong but it does happen every now and again but uh yeah so if they don't have that because they have te- the thing is they've tested this well with um you know like hunt people and stuff like that so if you go in just normal clothes, like, people will see you, but if you go with these, like, patterns on, yeah, the animals don't see you, well, unless you make rapid movements, which is fascinating, so, yeah, a giraffe without the, you know, the patterns, it might not go well, right, it might not go well for this dude, so, um, yeah, they might need to, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, give it a taser, like, you know, if it's a lion or something, yeah, I'm not quite sure what else is out there, like, hyenas, yeah, lions, tigers, hyenas. Actually, I don't think tigers are in Kenya, right? I don't know. I might be wrong. 
Some of this stuff, you know, you know at one point and then it's just like, no more room on the hard drive. Delete, delete, delete. Uh, but yeah, um, wh- whatever predators there are, right? I think it needs to be careful of that. I, I kind of feel as well, what the fuck is a GPS going to do? You know, they're saying it will give the location of the giraffe every hour. It will like transmit its location. But that doesn't really mean much Because if there are, you know, poachers, a predator or whatnot In the area Like, knowing the giraffe, that means nothing Like, because it's not going to stop people from taking it You know what I mean? And then especially if you hit it just after the hour That means there's potentially, let's just say, 50 minutes before you then realise, oh, we have an issue, you know? And, like, even if you do kind of realise, oh, there's people there, you then have to get to it. So, like, I don't even know, like, make a Kevlar suit for the giraffe? Maybe that could help. Uh, something. But I just don't think a GPS is... Yeah, I don't think that's going to help. It's not going to cut the mustard, people. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, hey, if you know any different, let me know, man. But, um... Yeah. I just think all this press isn't going to do this dude any good. You know, especially because they gave the fucking name of the conservation place where it is. Like, don't give a locale. I feel everyone, like, they basically, they doxed the giraffe. You know what I mean? They doxed the giraffe. What? (laughs) That's insane. But, uh, yeah, poor dude, man. Poor dude. Okay, so, listen. This definitely is a sensitive subject, right? But I do feel it's something that needs to be talked about. And, look, we've spoken about it in the past here. But it's something that keeps on coming up, right? So, um, oh, Where is she? South Africa. Yes, that's it. South African athlete. uh, Casta um, Semenya. Semenya. I have butchered that name. God damn it. Um, Semenya. Man, it doesn't sound right. But listen, you know, I feel you know who I'm talking about. So, basically... You know, she's an Olympic champion, right? She won um, the 800 metres uh, in 2012 and 2016. You know, and I feel she won the 400 as well, right? Um, but the World Athletics, you know, they've put in a ruling that female athletes with a certain elevated level of testosterone 
can't compete unless they take an inhibitor. Which, listen, this is the thing. There is a difference between male and female athletes because females, now they produce testosterone, but of a certain level. And it's a known thing that testosterone can help performance. Hence, TRT replacement therapy, right? Now, if that wasn't a thing, you know, then... There, there's no uh, like you. You can't deny the argument against this issue, right? TRT is a huge thing. It is banned in. I want to say most sports, right? Because you people understand, it gives people an advantage. Right? It you used to. It, there was a period where it was allowed. In uh, mixed martial arts But you saw Man you saw the difference Right you saw the difference In people's physiques When they were on it And when they weren't And some people Like some people got tested And they were four times the, (laughs) The legal levels So listen This is a big issue So you know It was found that um you know, Casta Simon, she has extremely high levels. You know what I mean? And for a female athlete, right? So, yeah, you know, it became an issue. Because, look, it's giving her an, a, a huge advantage over her competitors. So, you know, you want to make these things fair, right? So, um, you know, she, she appealed, right, she appealed, and, um, yeah, the appeals were rejected, you know, which, listen, it, it, it's a fair thing, you know, she, yeah, there's the Swiss Federal Supreme Court, they denied her appeal, right, you know, like, she's taken it to all these levels, and they've said, no, because they understand, like, this issue here. Now, what no one is saying, and I find this, this is an odd thing. It's always an odd thing when people don't, like, you know, give you reasons for. But she doesn't, she's not taking this drug, Right, to reduce, I, I, it's not to eliminate the, her testosterone levels, but it's the, I will bring them to a competitive limit. Go, so, which means, you know, it eliminates the advantage and it just means it's a level playing field. Because, come on now, wouldn't you want to know? You're winning these medals. You're winning these races because you trained hard and you, you know what I mean? You elevated your skills, right? Your your skills and your tactics, knowing when to accelerate, you know what I mean? Knowing at what point to take the bend, knowing what point to accelerate. You understood all of these things. You put them into action and you won the race. Wouldn't you want that? 
You know, you don't want to feel that you won because you had this huge advantage over everyone else. Like, that would seem to take away the, like, the competitive element of anything for a lot of people. I say a lot of people because there are cheats, right? And so, obviously, a cheat doesn't give a fuck. So, I don't understand the, the you know, hesitance for this. Now, because it's never said... Like, I haven't heard anything from her team saying, okay, w- look, we understand and we've tried the medication, but it has left, you know... Um, Casamaya with uh, you know these pains or you know an inability to be able to like they haven't said why you know they haven't given a reason why she won't take this medication you know, because look if it's harmful I get it you know what I mean I get it I understand. But I kind of feel that there needs to be a reason why. Because if there's no reason, if the tablets, you know, or or however this medication comes into your system, if it doesn't do any harm, right, there's no ill effects. She's not nauseous, not uh, dizzy, you know, can still perform, right? If, If that's the case... Why wouldn't you do that? Because if that's all that's being asked, that you reduce your testosterone level, you know, so it's like your competitors, why wouldn't you? You know, because if you are a great, you know, athlete, if you feel you're the champion, then you don't need that advantage. All the other stuff that you've done, that's the advantage. So, yeah, I want to know why, right? And I would like someone to, um, yeah, give us this information. Because right now, in every piece I have read, there's no reason. There's no rationale. Now, the rationale for taking the medication, that's clear, right? That's clear. Because, you know, they they had the problem with weightlifting, right? Where people were coming across and smashing records, which no one else will be able to come even close to. And so, yeah, that's all banned now. You can't do that shit. So... You know, why should it be any different with with this? You know, so, you know, people might not want to talk about it. People might want to say, you know, comments are, you know, whatever phobic. But no, they're not. It's a conversation and I feel that's what we need. Because by not talking, like... No one understands her side of the shit, right? So, give us the the reason. Give us the rationale. It's as simple as that, you know? It's like, two of your appeals have been blocked. You know what I mean? Like, 
if two of your appeals have already been blocked, what does that tell you? Do you know what I mean? I feel that says a lot right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's not something taken lightly. Do you know, I kind of feel that if everything was, um, you know, simple, then the court of arbitration for sport, and then again the Swiss, you know, the Swiss Federal Supreme Court would have been like, yeah, of course you don't have to take these tablets. That's fine, but for them both to be like, mm, no, it makes you wonder. So, yeah, what what are we doing here? You know. What the fuck is going on? Come on. Like, it's simple, man. Just give information. Give the reason why you should be taking this. You know? Yeah. Because otherwise, it is super unfair to all the other female athletes. That's what I feel, man. And... I'm sure, this is the crazy thing about it all, right, her lawyer is like, um, wait, public support goes a long way to help show how the rules for world athletics are against public interest, um, who gives a fuck about public, in- public interest doesn't mean a thing, because the general public aren't competing in these races, <laughs> you know what I mean? The only interest that should really mean anything is that of the other athletes. So that's who you should be asking. The other, not the public. The public doesn't know anything about, for the most part. You know, you ask a general member of the public, I don't know about training. You know what I mean? Like the splits that you need to to know. That you're on a you know a record-breaking time, like the best ways to optimize yourself for train. Public doesn't know that stuff, so you can't go. Oh, do you think that, you know she should? No. What the fuck are you talking about? That's a nonsense, and he knows it, right? It's the other athletes. Let's speak to the other female athletes and say. What do you feel about this? You know, how do you feel competing against someone with these high levels of testosterone? What are your views? That should be the question. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel the answer is we wouldn't want to. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's why it's not brought up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. We will see... uh, you know, we will see what the European Court of Human Rights have to say about this shit. You know, yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing. Yo, people, this week's Chin Check, we aren't just previewing UFC 255. No, 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 no. We are also previewing the upcoming Invicta 43 that takes place on Friday and sees a strawweight um, 
title holder crowned as long along with Kayla Harrison making her 145 pound debut but on top of all of that if that isn't enough we also look back at week 10 the final Dana White contender series of the season Right, so a lot to cover, a lot of fun people. So make sure you go check that out after this. Share with your people's people. But let's get back to this. Okay, so um, it's a funny thing, man. Like, I always wait for a TV series to finish, right? And there's certain things that have such a buzz. Or you have a real interest in that ah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating having to wait and then seeing if the motherfucker is getting shown in the UK. You know what I mean? Uh, so Lovecraft Country, man, this is a show that I was like, oh, when you see the people involved, like. Jumi Smollett and Jonathan Majors and the likes, and you're just like, God damn, I wanna I wanna check this shit out. So you're waiting, you're waiting, and then you just hear more and more, right? Hear praise, and then suddenly people are like, Ugh, I didn't like that episode. Do you think the show jumped a shark? And it's just like, oh no. Is it gonna be any good? I hope it's gonna be good. Finally checked it out, people. Finally checked it out. So, it's based on a Matt Ruff comic book, which I don't, like, I've not read it. And kind of with some of the stuff that is in the TV show, I would be a little bit, Mm, peeved I would say if it was in the comic book but I don't know right I don't know but the show itself has been developed by Misha Green you know she worked on Underground um yeah mad talented right so um it came through Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw and um J.J. Aaron Bad Robot. So you kind of figure with that sort of backing, right? That sort of backing. So this is the thing I thought, though. I thought the show was about time travel. Now, yes, I realize there are elements but I thought, like, every episode, they went somewhere, and they did a thing, and then they came back. I thought it was something like that. I don't know why. Yeah, actually, I don't know why. It is very bizarre that I came to that conclusion. Yeah, it's a weird one. Huh. But I did. Um. So, yeah. So, that's what I was thinking. It is not. <laughs> it really isn't. So I got a shock. Oh my days, I got a shock. Right, so, um, yeah, it's 10 episodes. They're about, I don't know, like 50, 55 minutes an episode, you know? 
Um, music is by Laura Cartman and Raphael Sadiq. And, um, you know, you, you cannot love Cinnaman, right? It, it, it's just one of my favorite Nina Simone's. And that's like the end theme. So you kind of have me with that shit. <laughs> right, so um, executive producers are um, Green, Abrahams, Peel, Ian Dernage. One moment. Goddamn Siri. Anyway. David Kola, Bill Carrio, Ben Stevenson, Daniel Sakin. Produced by Christina Varotos and Dana Robin. Cinematography is Tate Ratcliffe, Robert McLaughlin, and Michael Watson. Um, so yeah, the cast. Oh my days. So um, you know, we got Jumi Select who plays Letitia Lewis, otherwise known as Letty. Jonathan Majors as Atticus Tick Freeman. Um, we've got Anjuni Ellis as Hippolyta Freeman. Hippolyta. It's a great name. Just like Letitia. Like, I did enjoy all the names, man. You know, Courtney B. Vance as George Freeman, um, that's Tick's uncle, um, Hippolyta is his wife, we got Wumi Mazuku, who plays Ruby Batiste, who is, um, Letitia's sister, half-sister, uh, we then have Michael K. Williams as Montrose Freeman, Hey, Montrose, that's a name you don't hear often these days, right? And that's um, Atticus's father, George's brother. Uh, we've got Abby Lee, who's Christina Braithwaite. Uh, Jamie Chung, who's G.A. Um, Jada Harris, who's Diana Friedman. That's Hippolyta and George's daughter. I, they're the, they're our main peoples, and um, yeah, we are very, very good, man. They really the cast is tremendous. So basically, the show follows Atticus, um, as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across nineteen fifties Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both the racist terrors of white America and terrifying monsters that could be ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. So, I mean, it starts because, you know, Atticus has come back from the Korean War, right? So... He, I mean, we definitely know that he has seen some stuff, right? That's a big thing. We we get that. Um, and George, his uncle, he has this traveling guide, 
right? So, you know, of places, best, I guess it's best places black people can travel, you know, where you can eat, stay, that kind of shenanigans, because, yeah, there's, you know, there's some places that aren't good, <laughs> like, you think it is, see, this is the thing, right, people talk about how bad it is today, and there is racism today, but it is nothing on, uh, you know, 50s, 60s, like, well, I think the 50s, 60s, I'm like, any time up to, <laughs> really, this point, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, people go, oh, what time in history would you go back to, not many, because I won't be a slave, you feel me, but, uh, yeah, so that's the gist, that's how it starts, um, and we have, uh, you know, Letitia, she comes along because, oh, yeah, yeah money issues, <laughs> Letitia has money issues, and shit, so we, we have all of these threads, you know, like, Atticus is there looking for his dad, but they're all on this trip, right, all on this trip for no real, like, you wouldn't think that they would all be on this trip together, but they go, and, um, I think, like, you know there's trouble, I think you, you definitely know there's trouble when George gets a comic from his daughter, I think there's always signals of shit, right, and that's one, like, that is one of those ones where you know, oh, okay, alright, see you later, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, but yeah, they, so they go on this trip, and what we have at the beginning is this kind of reachily charged thing, because they go to this cafe, and as soon as, because George is going on past knowledge, so they go to this spot, and straight away you're like, it's not how he described it, so you just be like, okay, yeah, this is not gonna go well, especially because it's one of those saloon moments, you walk in, and everyone stays quiet, you know, and you're like, ah, shit, <laughs> you know what I mean, so, that happens, and that ignites a lot, so they're getting chased, but then they get saved, right, they get saved at the last minute, and it's like, huh, who is that, but you know it's gonna, this person will play a part, um, in the whole thing, yeah, it, it is one of those crazy moments, because the car, and just, like, the way the woman's dressed and everything, you're just like, okay, yes, but, you know, through all of their, you know, this whole thing, they end up in, well, they get caught by more, more racial shit from the police, which are like, okay, yeah, <laughs> Now, it's one of those things where you know, I think you knew that 
this dude, this police chief, he didn't want them to, uh, yeah, he didn't want them to survive. He wasn't looking for them to uh, get out. And so it's a bit of a trap. And just when you think it is over for them, then the show shifts. The show shifts into something else. It is crazy. Right? It is insane. Right? You you suddenly have this supernatural element and you're like, well, well what? And I think that's a big part of this because we're given information, right? You are led in one direction. And then things shift, and it's not really like it's doing this crazy bait and shift on you. Bait and switch, bait and switch, even, right? It, it, I don't feel that it's trying to pull elaborate misdirects and everything like that, but it is extremely great story writing where. You just, you're following these breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? And then, boom, like suddenly this new element comes and you realize that, hey, there were signs, right? There were signs to a thing, but you just, I think you're so kind of invested in one story. And you're so like, well, no, that can't. Like, no, David, like, how could that fit into this, right? So then when it does, you're like, what? Oh, shit. Yeah, for real. I get it. I get that makes sense. And you're in. And um, so, yeah, like, this supernatural element comes. And now everyone is in this fight to survive but at the last minute yo this white chick appears again you know and you're like oh okay okay yo so they survive and they get to this house this and it's the house that they were looking for which is always one of those things that you're like hmm I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, yeah, this is creepy as fuck. And again, once they were in the big house, the big manor, you suddenly think the story shifts more. I mean, you have like this whole recollection situation where only Atticus remembers what happened. So that's just crazy in itself, right? And there's just a lot of that. You know, there's, there's a lot of uh, this stuff. But, like, just the adventures. So the first two episodes are just so full. Like, so dense. But not dense in a crazy way, where it's just like, uh, you know what I mean? Your, your head is so full and bursting. It, so I can't do anything else. I, I need to now sit and just absorb all of this for a few days. 
great, but it's it's dense in just this rich tapestry that's got woven like so much. Like we get a lot of backstory without even you know scraping the surface of these characters, which you then you know learn more of over the course of these ten episodes. So you you're real invested. And then at the end of the second, it shifts again. Like, there are so many shifts here in just the story and everything. Like, this is a show that had me really angry. Like, really angry. Like, mad sad. Right? Just anxious. Oh, my God. So fucking anxious like walking across a motherfucking plank like i'm i'm falling off that plank straight away <laughs> i mean oh, they wouldn't have asked me i have no depth perception so i'm falling off that fucking plank you know what i mean but just that whole thing had me <laughs> Oh my gosh, my nerves were done. You know, it's like you have um, Letty nearly falling, then fucking Montrose having to jump. Like, no, it's insane. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just like, yo. And the other thing as well, right? There, there, there's these moments of hope. Right, these moments of hope, and then it gets wrenched away, wrenched away, like at the end of that fucking episode, right? Whereas you've got this, mm, this kind of unisex person. I don't even know how you would describe, right? And you think, after seeing everything this person has gone through, it's just like, ugh, oh my god. It is just terrible, right? Terrible. Um, Is it, I think it was like, Yamia, right? And you just think, oh my gosh, thank god. Thank God, like, now it, there's the possibility of a nicer life. And uh, <laughs> that goes, that goes. And you're just like, no, what are you doing? You know, it is, in, it's insane, man. It's insane. But you're, you're there for it. And you get it. That's the crazy thing. You see all of the stuff and you get it. You know? But you're angry. You know, because, like, all we see is, like, power corrupts, you know? And hate breeds hate. Like, these are things that you understand. Like, another really big... Thing about this show was, I think, the truth in it. 
you know, the truth in the relationships. There's, uh, like, one thing that always frustrates me is when you see people have an argument and then, like, oh, everything's forgotten. Everything would not be forgotten. After the words that were said, no. No, no, no. Shit does not go like that. And if if on surface it is, there are these deep-seated resentments now. And that's what we saw here. Right? Just the... I think you, you saw that between Atticus and Montrose. Right? Because Atticus still went to save him when he thought he was in trouble. But then it's the, the lack of gratitude in the action. Which is just like, oh shit, I know that shit. I've been there, man. Then you find out, like, through all the beatings that Atticus got, you know, he still has this, you mean, draw to Montrose. But then when he finds out some stuff, it, you can understand then there's the hatred, right? Just the hatred and frustration there. So you get all of that. But the, the way it then shifts between, right? Because there's the lifetime and everything. And you understand that. You get that. It makes sense, right? Just Atticus and Letitia as well. That situation. Because you can see, look, he likes, he likes her. You know, like, she likes him. You get that from the giddy, right? But no one really wants to act. And you understand that shit. Like, no one wants to get hurt, right? But then, after what happens in the mansion, she's even more cautious because, you know what I mean, that was messy. He doesn't want to do anything because, you know, I think it's just that fear. After going through all of that. And it's just like the reminders. But then they do. But it's just that heated passion. And you're like. Oh no. Don't tell us it's not just that. Right? Then it happens again. And you're like. Come on. it needs to. There needs to be more. And there is. But it's that. I think. There doesn't need to be. The constant, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know what I mean? Because we see it in the actions. And that's always important. Right? Words don't mean anything. You know? Especially when they're not even backed up. At that time of proof. But they backed all their shit up. But you had those moments of like, you know what I mean? Just holding hands as they're descending in the lift and shit like that which really then just brought home the connection and love that they had which was huge right Letty and Ruby that was a great relationship that was shown you know through everything there was still a love right there was still a love that Man, it resulted in some... Oh, God damn it, the end, yo. The 
end. Man, it was some tough shit. It was some tough shit, right? It was interesting, like Hippolyta, her then reaction when they returned without George. Like, you get that. Like, you, you understand the resentment. But still, there being a love. And then Hippolyta's journey. You understand that. Right? Now, Diana was angry. But you do understand her, you know, going. Right? Getting that freedom, that acceptance. To, you know, the knowledge to be stronger. Right, you understand, that will make sense, like, there is so much shit in this show that is so tough to watch, so fucking tough, like, the whole Tulsa incident, like, it, every time I read about that, and then you see it in Watchmen and other stuff, and it, it never, it is just never something that you can just feel comfortable with, right, and there's a lot of that, there's a lot, just the uh, racistness, and ugh, that was tough, right, that was real tough, and I don't know, like, I, I think when you've experienced it, it just hits you that little bit more, right, so, uh, there was definitely moments in this show that I was just like, oh man, I can't do this shit. Like, why do they keep on doing this shit? God damn it. But yeah, the story was so good. And the end, oh my God. The end was so fucking difficult. It just feels like we see so much shit, right, I think, like, Jinya, you think is out of it, but the way she comes back makes sense, you know, that will make sense, but you have, you are clinging on to the idea of this thing, right, the idea that it was going to come together in a way that, you know what I mean, you could feel, but then the way it ended, ugh, oh my god, but so fucking powerful, right, and make sense, that was, whew, that was something, man. There, there was a kick in the teeth, but then a hand up at the same time. Oh, my gosh. And it was kind of nice with the Diane bit. You know what I mean? Just through struggle and, like, power comes. You know? So, Lovecraft Country is definitely a fucking grinder. Yeah, it fucks you up big time. But, god damn, this is a great show. Every fucking episode has something. 
has these kind of realizations and truths like ruby becoming the white woman right and just things like you know oh i don't want to have sex with you but does because she had the need she wanted to feel something she wanted to feel love and connection so you have all of this right and her choosing like to do that thing like it makes you you understand it like these are very crazy topics that not everyone talks about right or shows you the complexity of it but i love the fact that we got it and we didn't get a bullshit sugar-coated version of it you know they showed you the real shit and that was great so people hmm. definitely you need to see lovecraft country you need to go see it man it is something right so i tried not to spoil anything i hope i didn't people go check it out it's incredible <laughs> Okay, people, so after catching up with uh, Luke Smithard's The Stone Man last week, that meant, people, we could get to the sequel, the long-awaited sequel. The sequel supposedly was never going to happen, but then after listening to the, to the book, it, it is all like, um, oh yeah, I always planned a sequel. So it's like, wait what but you know doesn't matter because it is now finished now ingested the empty men yeah which um interesting very interesting and this definitely finishes in a different way to the Hmm. I didn't say it finishes in a different way to the first book, but yeah, that's kind of like, obviously it's not going to finish the same way as the first book, because that would be insane. <laughs> but what I mean is, I feel the first book finished in a way where you're just like, okay, cool, that's a great story. But you weren't expecting anything. Like, that could be it. You know? There could definitely be stuff. But with the ending, you're like, I, I'm, I would be satisfied if that was it. This is not that. <laughs> this one, yeah. It definitely ends with a, a situation that's like, hmm. But yes, you're probably wondering what's the uh, what's the gist of this new one, Kevin? Well, I will tell you. Yes, thank you for asking. Uh, so, on a quiet seafront in the middle of the afternoon, the sun sets, the clouds part, and something like a pale, elongated human figure appears on the horizon. For Maria, watching from the beach, 
It's proof that she should never have dared to return. Five years earlier, her life shattered by the arrival of the stone man. She'd filed, she'd fled the country, but now she can es- can't escape. Ugh, my reading is terrible today. Um, but now she can't escape. Suddenly, there are new reports of empty men materializing all around the coast, and the roads are gridlocked. The empty men are killers. They are heading inland. A hundred miles from the sea, lonely grieving Eric obsessively keeps watching the ruins of Coventry, never straying far from ground zero, the site of the stone man's first appearance. For five years, Eric had known there was a massive government cover-up of the circumstances surrounding the stone man and its disappearance, and he's determined to find the truth. As Maria battles the empty men in a desperate chase for survival, and Eric is caught in a terrifying transformation at Ground Zero, both find themselves on a path leading straight to the heart of the Stone Man mystery. Chilling, fast-paced, and full of stunning twists, this is a highly anticipated second book in Luke Smothers' Outstanding Stone Man series. I mean, the highly anticipated, I guess, but no one knew until like a month ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's not like, the, you know, since 2015, people have been, no, everyone thought it was done on one. But then suddenly he dropped this bombshell on us in July, I think it was. July? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, this... Right, what I liked about this was it was completely different, right? I think in just the approach and the style in which he told the story. I mean, there's still, you know, third person and all of that shenanigans. But I think just in the manner like the characters that we had, you know, they were vastly different from Andy and um, Paul in the first book. So what I did, you know, you are caught off guard, right? Because it actually starts just as the first stone man arrives, you know, but with somewhere else. So what I thought initially was, Oh, so is this kind of, you know, one of those ones where it's the same, you know, time period, but from someone else's perspective. So then we find out what else was going on at that time kind of thing. But no, it it then moves, which I'm kind of like, that could have been interesting. But I was kind of like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm happy that it moved somewhere else. You know, we're getting this new insight and all of that kind of shenanigans, right? But I thought the, you know, following Maria as the stone man did arrive, that in itself, I did enjoy that part of the story because 
I think it's just, you know, Smithered does kind of key into those actual reactions for for the most part. Now, I do have a slight gripe later on, but with this, because, you know, Maria is so shocked with some information and news that she pisses herself. And you don't usually see that. Now, don't get me wrong. I ain't looking for Maria to give me a golden shower or anything. But I just feel that when we, you know, watch things and see things and everyone kind of reacts to certain things in the same way, it's all a bit like, eh. You know what I mean? Because you know people that do not do those things. And you yourself, you know, you might be a freezer, right? Or, or you might burst into hysterical laughter or like there's so many different things that could happen. But we only ever see a small few. So I just thought, you know, that's really interesting that he's giving us this. But yeah, then we jump forward. I think it was five years, you know, and um, yeah, the stonemen have left, and so the all the all the events of the first book are done now, right? So we're in new territory. So yeah, that was interesting, but I think you just see like. The way Maria reacts to everything. And um, I like the fact that people are flawed. You know, in these books. Not everyone is doing these heroic things. Or if they're doing certain things, there's certain motivations for why. And, uh, yeah. We, you, you see, like, Maria, you know, she finally has to re reconnect with her ex's sister, who's, you know, a good friend back in the day, but we just see that situation play out, and you're kind of like, oh, Maria, <laughs> you're a bit of an arsehole, <laughs> which I'm not mad at, you know what I mean, I, I just always find it amusing when people do certain shit, right, but while all of this is going on, we are jumping to Eric, who, like, although we're not following people, you know, from the first book, there are ties. So Eric is the brother of, mm, I want to say Teresa. I believe it. I believe it does begin with a T. You know, she's the woman. That Andy and Paul go to meet when she's got the baby. You know, the baby died, and then like she smothered it, or and all of that. But he's her brother, so you you get that. And I think the way he's painted, yeah, you kind of feel that if your sister died or just your relative, right? died and you're not really given a lot of info and all of you probably would go well I mean the way Eric kind of went that's all understandable I did you know this is my one gripe right 
because there is a lot of the conspiracy theorist in this one and I kind of would have liked a bit of the opposite you know because what everyone is saying is fine you know makes sense especially shit you, you see right you know now um but I kind of feel like because when you think about it what the fuck are you meant to do? like a government what you think would do if this shit actually happened because I think what we've seen you know you tell people that a virus has hit and everyone should you know self-isolate and all of that and no one does you know people run to supermarkets and just buy up everything and kick off and go crazy that's with this so imagine like um okay uh we just want to tell the the public a uh, giant stone man has appeared <laughs> you know people would go insane like there would definitely be riots and pillaging you know just all manner of shit rape there's people thinking oh okay if the world's gonna end i'm just gonna go get mine so yeah it would be insane so the government's gonna lie <laughs> you know what i mean but no one was kind of pointing out the obvious that there is no way the truth could come out right because people would just go insane it would be a shit show so i would yeah that was my only gripe that it would have been good just to have someone just point out like what the fuck are you all talking about you know right but uh anyway right so eric is one of these dudes and um yeah he meets up with a guy called harry and so then they're on a separate kind of you know their own mission as it were to find answers and it, it like all of these things kind of parallel in a way right because they're both essentially trying to find out more trying to get answers and it's just the way it all kind of builds and builds and builds and i have to say for a while it did feel like this might be one of smithers i mean most probably the most yeah his most normal book right just in the way it flowed because you know we hadn't really come across any twists you know what I mean? Like Mr. X or anything like that. So it was all kind of leading and leading and leading. Now, interesting. But yeah. Then. <laughs> shit changed. It turned. It went full smithered. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, yeah. I have to say. It did do it in a way. That. Works. You know, it's not like completely do some machina or anything like that. You know, it did feel like 
oh yeah, that may, yeah, I feel that makes sense, right? But, and especially the end, <laughs> the end, choice. I mean, that was some real interesting shit. It was some real interesting. Because it did, because when you then think about, like, the things that transpire, you're like, oh, that's a point. That's a big point here. Because when you read Vivid's books... Right, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the previous one, the Stone Man. Just read any of them. Like, the intentions are all laid out. If he's doing something, it's laid out. There's no pussy footing. So, you know, there's something that happens and you just think, yeah, because it was only in a kind of throwaway, right? Yeah, that's the point. And he usually would have just, you know, broken it down. So, ah, oh, man. How did I not get that the first time? Yeah, you kind of kick yourself because you're like, fuck, made total sense. Damn it. But it was a nice little, oh, but that's what I mean. So, the way this book ends, you're definitely built up for the third one, which better arrive soon. And when I say soon, I'm saying next year is fine, but no huge, huge way, because that would be irritating. Um, but yeah, like, you do get, there's definitely more to learn, right? Because, you know, these empty men are here who are, like, you know, the replacements for the stone man. So, you're just thinking, okay, so why? Like, what happens? What's the gist here? Because then this thing happens, which then triggers something else. And it's like, oh, okay, so they, hmm. But why? We got questions galore here people there's questions galore and it is great it is very interesting you are intrigued all the way you're in like all the way i was gripped thinking how is this gonna play out like how are they gonna tie that together with that like what's gonna happen and you want to know is maria gonna beat the fuck out of linda because I hope she does. Like, that better happen in book three. <laughs> and you will understand why, people. But yeah, Maria needs to lay it down. So I will be looking forward to that. But um, yeah, if you like the first book, you're definitely going to be on board for this one. Uh, because it's interesting. It, it really is. And there's a lot of references, you know, thrown back to the first incident and everything like that. So it does all make sense. You know, there's definitely some shocks, you know, about weapons and, you know, like things that were said and 
how it then actually leads to something else. Man. Yeah. This movie does give it to you. So, uh, yeah. ILD Empty Men is, um, is a worthwhile successor to the Stone Man. So, um, whew, yeah, I, uh, I will be sharing this one with my peoples, and, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see what other people think of this, because I did enjoy it, did enjoy it, Matt Addis, again, you know, does a spiffing job with the narration, you know, so, it is always, always a thing to grab the audio book, people, you know, it's the way to go, it's the way, like, fuck the normal paper books, like, do you want to kill the planet, is that what you want to do, yeah, check out the audio book, it's fun, it is fun, and, um, you will enjoy it, alright, so, there we go, people, the empty men, as promised, the new book from Luke Smithered. Okay, people, so before we end another episode, let's go take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. So, um, Netflix, they've decided to cancel, um, you know, one of the original series is The Order. Hang with some sort of horror occult sort of thing. I don't believe I checked any of that out. But unfortunately, people, anyone that was a fan ain't getting a season three. All right. Um, other stuff. Alright, so, um, comedian Hassan Minja, right, who had the, the, the Netflix show The Patriot Act, he's just signed on to Apple TV's The Morning Show for their second season, um, yeah, he has, supposedly he's got a recurring role, right, um, a dude, playing a dude called Eric, so, um, yeah, Eric <laughs> Sounds fascinating So, yeah, there is a lot um, I've, I've never read any of this, right? But supposedly there's a, a comic book series No, a comic strip series um, Called Haggard the Horrible? Right? It, I feel it must be a US newspaper situation. But, um, yeah, they are bringing that to TV. You know, um, it's from uh, King's Feature and, um, you know, Jim Hansen's company. They're going to be, uh, you know, collaborating. And um, bringing this tale of uh, a hard-working Viking family Led by a larger-than-life hero Who can't quite understand how the society he once understood Is changing around him I mean, um, yeah, 
you can probably definitely draw some parallels with uh, the older generation and um, shit going down today, right? <laughs> so, um, ha. There's a lot, there seems to be a lot of this taken old film, sometimes a newer-ish film, and reinventing it as a TV series. You know, Lethal Weapon, um, the hair one, the, the hair one, the Spike Lee bloody, um, which I can't remember what the name of it. And then you've got uh, dear white people. You know what I mean? They keep on doing that shit. And um, it seems that, you know, Waiting to Exhale is another one. So, um, you know, Lee Daniels, he is going to be, uh, you know, controlling this, right? Um, you've got Anthony Hemingway He's going to be directing Attica Locke and Tembi Locke Are uh, taking control of the script You know, so um, Yeah, I don't even know I'm like it, You know, the film was I did enjoy the film back in the day I don't know if I've got an interest for it to be, you know, reinvented. But, hey, maybe it's going to, you know what I mean? Knock my socks off. We will see, right? We will see, you know. Could very well be surprised, people. But, uh, yeah, there you go with that. Um, (laughs) And, you know... Talking about the trend They're doing the same with the island of Dr. Moreno You know I mean that was a bad film The film did suck (laughs) I mean the book Like the book is great H.G. Wells You know what I mean It's a a fun story But God damn that film was Ropey as a motherfucker uh, now, as they do, you know what I mean, with the reinvention, they are, uh, because they're lazy, <laughs> they're just doing that little gender switch, you know, which is just like, you could create something else along the same lines without having to pay for the name, there's no one gives a fuck about the name. You know what I mean? The film was trash. The book is so old that probably the new generation do not even know it. But, you know, Hollywood and their, uh, you know, weird attachment to certain things. But, uh, yeah, you know, they are doing that. So now we have got Dr. Jessica Morano, you know. Um, you know, he's going to be a world-renowned genetic engineer Whose pioneering work catches the eye of a billionaire backer Willing to stop at nothing to reach the next step of human evolution Hmm So, um, we've got Zach Stentz He will be, uh, controlling the scripts And uh, no one is attached 
at this point, right? But um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. It could be, as I said, it could be fun. There's there's no base level. You know, there's nothing to uh, compare it with. All right. So uh, now this could be interesting. So Anna Puna have um, picked up the rights to uh, Grady Hendrix um, forthcoming book, The Final Girl Support Group, right? Which, um, you know, kind of fun, right? So, obviously, from the name, it's playing with the concept of the final girl, you know, the thing in a horror film where everyone gets killed, apart from one girl who manages to survive and save the day, you know, that sort of thing, right? So it follows a group of middle-aged women who have been in therapy together for decades ever since one was attacked by a Texan cannibal family, one by a machete-wielding maniac at a summer camp, one by an older brother who returned to settle scores on Halloween, and one by a lunatic who allegedly entered their dreams. These are the middle-aged survivors of the real-life crimes the slasher movies are based on. Some of them are addicts, some are in denial, and some have become motivational speakers. And now the final girls are mysteriously dying one by one. Ooh. So Elizabeth Craft and Sarah Fain, um, they are taking care of the scripts. And um, Hendrix will be an executive producer on the piece. So, uh, yeah, I think that could be fun, right? We'll have to see, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. It could get mad cringy and cliche, but fingers crossed, people, that they uh, jump that shark, right? So, um, the CW have got a few things on the bubble, right? One of those is a, um... An, a Jane Austen anthology, right? Um, they're calling it Modern Austen, and it's gonna be like an hour um, anthology series, obviously inspired by her work, right? They're um, you know reimagining six of the novels as modern stories with each season. Based on a different novel like Emma, Sense and Sensibility, and Mansfield Park. Right, so it's saying it will kick off with Pride and Prejudice unfolding in contemporary San Francisco. Um, yeah, Eleanor Burgess, uh, she is gonna be, uh, you know, executive producing and writing the series. With um, Stephanie Allain and Gabriel Ebron executive producing. And um, the other thing going on at the CW 
is a Wonder Girl TV series. So, um, I don't know. I think this might be a new character. I'm not quite sure. But supposedly, right, she um, is, uh, you know, I think her mum was an Amazonian warrior and um, her dad a Brazilian river god. Right, so um, Yara Flora, she's uh, of a Latino descent, you know, and um, you know, she learns of her heritage and um, you know, develops her newfound powers and decides to use them to fight off the evil forces that seek to destroy the world. So, of course, Greg Belanti is, um, you know, he's executive producing the thing, along with Daylene Rodriguez. Uh, we got Sarah Scheister and David Madden executive producing. So, uh, I imagine, you know, at some point they will be... Uh, you know, crossing over with the myriad of other DC-centric CW shows that, uh, you know, Greg is overlooking. Uh, so, oh, this could be interesting, right? Um, they are reimagining Doll M for Murder as a limited TV series. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's coming through um, MGM, United Artists Television, and uh, what's her name? Um, Alicia Vivacanda is, um, yeah, she is going to be starring, you know, so again, you know, a little gender switch and bait. So, I mean, the original series follows a guy who finds out his wife is having an affair. So then he blackmails a, uh, you know, a, a con, a criminal to um, kill the wife for the insurance. So, um, yeah, I imagine in this new take, Vivekanda is, um, you know, she's going to find out that her husband... Maybe they'll play it, you know, her wife, who knows. But, yeah, she's going to be hiring someone to kill her partner. So, yeah, we will see, we'll see what they do with this, you know. So, um, Michael Mitnick, you know, who um, people will know from Vinyl, right, along with Terence Winter, you know, of Broadwalk Empire and Sopranos fame, they're gonna be, uh, you know, show running and executive producing the piece. So yeah, it's um, I think it's aiming to hit HBO Max. So we will see what happens with that. Now, interestingly enough, right? That has all come about because um, 
Yeah, Terence Winter, who was previously attached to, uh, you know, be taking care of um, the Batman TV series, Gotham PD, which was spinning out of the upcoming Matt Reeves Batman film. You know, he, uh, yeah, he's exited the project. So they're saying it is to do with creative differences. Which, like, it's always an interesting one, right? Because you want to know, you really want to know what were those differences? What was the things that they pushed back on? Because sometimes... When you actually find out, you're like, yeah, of course, because that was ridiculous. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sometimes people have stupid ideas. So, you know, it's always curious, right? Um, Alec Baldwin and Kelsey Grammer. They've got a new TV series, uh, a multi-camera comedy coming to ABC. So, um, yeah, it's from Chris Lloyd and Vali Chandraskaran, right? So, um, basically, right, it's following three guys who used to be... Um, roommates in their 20s But You know They all kind of butted heads You know Wanting to be alpha males And all of that shit So they drifted apart But they are reuniting You know Decades later To make one more push To be the people They always wanted to be so, uh, yeah, we have that. Producing is Jason Scrift, Matt Delan- Del Piano, Tom Russo, Adam Griffin, and Jeff Morton. Uh, also, Netflix. So, I think this is, um, yeah, this is a bit of interesting news, but not surprising, right? Netflix have renewed space force now i watched i don't know four episodes and it didn't get better (laughs) i was hoping it was gonna get better because you think of all the talent involved in it and it was so bad so bad but uh you know they're um yeah they renewed it but they're they're trying to retool it Right, they're trying to make a few changes to improve things, so they brought in. Um, oh, what is the person's name again? Ush Norm Hitchcock, who was um involved with Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Now, if it was early seasons of Park and Rec, I can get on that. Because early seasons of Park and Rec are funny. It does get kind of shitty at the end. But yeah, early seasons, boom, we're on that. So they're saying that people that will definitely return are John Malkovich, 
Ben Schwartz, Tawny Newsom, Diana Silvers, and Jimmy O. Yang. No, I I think that Carol and um, Lee Daniels are coming back, but uh, yeah, Greg Daniels even, but um, you know, I I'm not quite sure, but we will see. But whatever happens, hopefully it's funny. You know what I mean? Hopefully it is funny. But I mean the big news, people. We have finally, finally got a date for um, Wonder and Vision over on Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately, it isn't this year. Urgh. You know what I mean? I think everyone was hoping for December, but no. It's not going to be December, but it's the 15th of January. So, you know what I mean? We don't have too long to wait, people. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be six episodes, right? Following, um, you know, Elizabeth Olsen's Wonder Maximoff and Paul Bettany's Vision. And um, I believe this has a major ramifications on the upcoming Doctor Strange film, along with, um, I think, believe the fourth film as well, and maybe something else. But it's the first project hitting from, uh, you know, Marvel films as they now control the TV element of the Marvel Universe as well. So, yeah, it's going to be fun, people. It's going to be fun. Right, looking forward to that. And um, hey, before you you know disappear, people remember that the UK Film Festival kicks off this week on the 22nd, right? Saturday. Everything starts on Saturday. I can't wait. You know, we're going to be hitting coverage over on Echo Chamber. So make sure you check that out. All right. But until then, people, we're out. So see you next Wednesday. All right. Peace.